Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. There's very few times where you'll find somebody that said, yeah, I went out, and I sure wish I would have passed out. <laughs> in fact, in all my life, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, but... <laughs> It could happen. We could make history right now, Abby. Yeah, there's no amount of alcohol that could wash away the embarrassment of what happened to me at the bars last week. <laughs> if you don't know what Blackout Wednesday is, it's something I literally just found out about in the last couple of years on TikTok. Apparently, the night before Thanksgiving, everybody goes out to their favorite hometown bar. You see people from high school. You get super smacked, and it's a good time. I went to my hometown bar last year, and it was super lame. But then this year, one of my friends took me out to a bar in the city, and it was very, very lit. So we had a really good time. So twas the night before Thanksgiving. And, and all through the bar. And all through the bars. <laughs> we're a bunch of floppy-haired men, very tall, very handsome. And me and my friend were like, all right, we're about to walk in. It's time to hunt. So we walk into the bar, and we say the one thing that every single girl says when you walk into a bar and you're ready to make some moves. We go, let's take a lap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes do the same thing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So we take our lap around the... Uh, we take our first lap around the bar and we get our we get our first quarter mile in and my friend notices two guys that she knew from college. And I was like, perfect. We're in the game. There's a blonde one. There's a brunette one. One of every flavor. Chocolate vanilla. We, we're done for the night. Like, we don't have to hunt anymore. So she's talking to the blonde one. He's like a 6'5", redwood tree. And his friend, exact same size, sitting right next to him. So he shakes my hand. We introduce our, ourselves to each other. He's like, I'm Ryan or Kyle or Josh or whatever his name was. And he shakes my hand. And then he just looks away. As if I have walked away from the premises and I'm not just being held hostage there. Trying to be a good friend while she hopefully gets some himbo ass. So (laughs) I'm standing there like, I don't really know what to do. Finally, she wraps up her conversation with himbo number two. And we look at each other and we go, let's take a lap. Mm -hmm. So then we do our next quarter mile. We go to the next part of the bar. How big is this bar that you've now done half a mile of laps? Literally, like two two cubic feet. That's drunk. Math. Okay. Yeah, that's drunk girl math. It feels like it's miles and miles because at this point we're like four white claws deep. We're like to the other side. Maybe there will be more himbos on the other on the other side of the wall. Be very careful. Or quiet, I should say. We are hunting himbos. So we go to the other side of the bar, and then this time we were approached by a dude duo best friend. Wipe my hands like our work is done for the night. We're cruising. One for you, one for me. And then they spoke. They spoke. (laughs) (laughs) They spoke words to us, and I'm getting picking up romantic vibes. I'm kind of feeling like, all right, we're getting somewhere. And then all of a sudden, I start to notice that these two are way more into their bromance than they are into me and my friend. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen dude best friends where you're like, I know it's a bromance, but it feels like there's more. Mm. So I'm looking at my friend, and we both say. Let's take a lap. <laughs> so, about to be in shape. So, so we travel. It's another quarter mile. Jesus, you must be tired. <laughs> we burned like 3,000 calories at this point. Like we're just wafer thin at this point. So athletic. And so we go, we walk the two feet to the other side of the bar and we pop up on a an empty patio chair that it, that it opened up. So now we're perched up. We have a nice view of everyone. We've got our little binoculars out searching for men. <laughs> it's like you're on a sa- safari, a man yeah, safari. Right. got our camera. Camouflage, face on, right? Rolling on the floor. Somewhere National Geographic is narrating this. Got the helmet with the bush on top of it. <laughs> Waiting for Bear girls to come out and be like, ladies, over there, attack. So we're perched up on this patio table and a man comes over and he's holding a couple different shots. And we're like, our work here is done. He's about to hit on us. And then he goes... Hey, I have a bunch of these shots of rumple mint. Are y'all interested? And I look at my friend. I'm like, let's take a lap. <laughs> so finally, we take a we do another quarter mile around the track, and we head to the other side of the bar, a corner we have we have not yet discovered. You have now walked from Jacksonville to Gainesville. <laughs> now you're in a completely different city. We're in a completely different zip code. <laughs> so we're over in the corner. We we've, we've just now sucked down the last of our white claws, and we're we're wondering if this is when we should give up. And then all of a sudden I see them 
and everyone knows what I'm talking about. I saw the alpha male group of the bar towering over the short kings of this dive bar. And I'm like, that's it, homegirl. That's our target. They are way out of our league, but we got nothing to lose at this point. We have half a white claw left, left our pride and the hope that something might happen by the end of the night. So I told my friend, I looked at her, I'm like, you stay here. I got this. Because I have a foolproof method of integrating male groups. I always do the exact same thing. I go into to their little man huddle and I go me and my friend were just talking over here and we we're trying to guess like what you guys do for work and then I do this thing where I where I have to guess what they do for work and it's always wrong but it always starts conversation so I beeline over to the alpha male group group of the bar I'm scurrying I'm army crawling on the on the floor on the way to them and then the moment I infiltrate the circle they disperse. <laughs> they have flee. They flee. Well, it's like you're a female grenade. <laughs> That's how it felt. They had no time for me. I was so embarrassed. There was one guy that stayed behind because he felt bad and he shook my hand and oh, then he walked away. Oh, man. Yeah, I struck out big time. So I wish I had blacked out on Blackout Wednesday. <laughs> I want to propose something to you. Okay. God. I just want to propose it. Let's see if it works or not, right? Okay. So I think that guys and women can smell when a woman is on the hunt, right? Mm. Here's what I want to propose to you and see if it works and if you're either willing to try it. It's on the hunt your way of saying desperate. That's yes. what it feels like. That's exactly what that is. I did not say that. I did not <laughs> I, use that I wasn't going to point it out, but yes. <laughs> I prefer another D word, determined. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Men can tell when women are determined. <laughs> determined is another man's desperate. Right. So when men feel that overly determination and it's the same for women also when yep. guys roll around it tends to be off putting so i am going to propose something for the next 30 days that you put yourself in the dating penalty box so that doesn't mean not go out it means do everything that you continue to do except you make an agreement with yourself that i am not interested in men for the next 30 days and carry yourself that way Okay. You're uh, giving mixed messages, though. Why? Because you guys have said, like, a woman's confidence is the most attractive part of her, and you want, you wish women would approach you at bars. There's some kind of disconnect going on here, though. <laughs> 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 There's some kind of disconnect. It is an art to it, because you do want to feel like you're doing the pursuing. Most men at least want right. to feel like you are chasing her, in to, like, to an extent. But my problem is, is I feel like, because I know how to play it cool, because I know what you're talking about. Mm. And I feel like at the, I feel for the most part, other than maybe the fact that I'd been a little bit tipsy, I had been covering it up pretty well. Like the bar was pretty big. So we weren't going up to like every mm. dude in the bar. This was over a couple of hours. But I, if I'm going to put myself in the dating penalty box. Can it start after lunch? Because I have a date today. Yes. <laughs> yes, it can. Uh, and I'm not even saying... Yeah, I would take the lap out of it, everything. So when you and your friends go out, you go right to the bar and you drink. Um, guys may approach you. They may not approach you. But in your mind, you're not even going to give them really the time of day for the next 30 days. That's it. And I wonder if that will re I wonder if that's going to do the trick. Okay. Well, I hope you're right. You know where I'm coming from? Mike? I know exactly where you're coming from. I <laughs> get it, it. It does seem like... The world knows when you're not available, and that's when I think the opposite sex seems to gravitate towards you. So you're basically essentially saying what you always say, try easier. Try easier. I'm saying in this case, don't try it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're I'm taking saying, it one step further. I mean, don't take yourself out of the game entirely. I'm saying show up, but you are going in there going, you know what? Tonight, I'm just hanging with my girlfriend, and I don't care about guys whatsoever for the next 30 days, and let's see what happens. You are not the pursuer. You are the pursuey. You don't even care. They're not even there. You couldn't care less yep. if there are any guys in there. But I do, but I do care. Yeah, I know, but you got to hide. Right, don't show it. <laughs> are you capable? Yeah, if, if there's one thing, <laughs> if there's one thing I think I am capable is one of them. Okay. <laughs> capable so, and determined. Capable, determined, maybe a little desperate. So it starts after lunch today. After lunch. In fact, I'm, I think you should even go into this lunch a little bit like put off. Honestly, I don't even want to go on the date. Oh, good. Then go I go. That's the energy. That's the attitude. That's, That's the, the energy. Yes, perfect. Perfect. He's going to fall in love. Yes. <laughs> The Burt Show. Guys and bro code and boundaries, even when it comes to guys. Yeah, I would love some advice for the men on, from the men on the show and save that because I'll never say that sentence again. <laughs> um, my, I have a friend 
and his wife became friends with a really cool woman who is also married. So when you're in a couple like that, he kind of inherited her husband as one of his friends and they actually hit it off. They are friends like they have a lot of common interests. So it's great. And finding another couple that you can hang both can hang out with. We've always said on the show is kind of rare. But he was talking to me and he's like, I don't know how to address something with this guy. And I'm not sure I want to tell my guy friends just yet because I feel like maybe I'm overreacting. Um, He goes, this dude slaps me on the butt like a football slap. Like, what's up, bro? Mm. And he's like, and I don't like it. And it's not anything homophobic or like that. And it really isn't. Like, I know this guy. It's not. He's just like, I'm just uncomfortable with people touching me. Yeah. Who outside of my wife, essentially. Like, he's like, he does not get massages. He does not like being touched. So in what scenario is he getting a smack on the ass? I mean, it's not sports. They're not playing softball. They're not playing soccer, dodgeball, nothing. They're just like hanging out at a bar or whatever when they hang out. When one dude goes to the bathroom, the other one slaps him on the ass. Basically. What? Like they're drinking. And it's not that often. It's like not every time. It's just random. And it's usually when they've been drinking. They've both been drinking or the whole uh, couple crew's been drinking. And he's like, I don't know how to say I don't like it. I don't want to ruin this friendship. And I don't want to make things awkward. And I don't want to ruin the friendship for my wife either because, you know, she'll kill me. And my wife's supportive of me saying something. He's like, I just don't know how to be like, bro. Please stop touching my butt without it like being a thing because yeah. he doesn't think the other dude is doing it's not he doesn't think the other guy is being creepy. Does that make sense? It's not like he's coming on to him. It's not like he's trying to plant seeds for something down the line. It's literally like it seems like it's the equivalent of this guy's version of like a hug or a high five. It's just a real fast butt slap on the outside like the not not like meaty cheek but but like on the outside like part where it kind of meets the thigh you know what i'm talking about yeah. so we have said before that don't guys get over stuff pretty quickly super quick very fast this like, feels like as a guy listening to this this could be a very easy scenario to to change like i could see like from a, a from a female's mentality you know oh this is going to become a thing but for dudes Y'all can, like, talk about awkward stuff and then just squash it, be done with it, and there's no lingering resentment or awkwardness. Yeah. I mean, for me, in my experiences, I've had a friend who, he didn't touch me on my butt, but he's pretty touchy when he gets drunk. And that's just his thing. And I've had to ask him several times, like, bro, can you stop touching me as much as (laughs) as you do, please? And he'll, he'll get it. It's a joke. And then you kind of move on from it, and that's it. Yeah, that's, I think, the way that we diffuse any kind of tension is with joking about it. So all he's got to do is joke about it one time. Like I I don't even know what the joke is. How about if he's like... This is the no friend zone. This is the wife zone. <laughs> Something like that. Right? Yeah, in that area. Yeah, this this is the wife zone, not the friend zone, just and, so you know. And guys don't uh, leave a situation like that, and at least in my experience, uh, tend to ruminate on it and think about it over and over and over again the way women do. So I think that is an easy one. It happens, it jokes, he gets it, and they move on. Dude doesn't walk away going, I wonder if he thinks I'm gay. Oh, I've been doing that, and I've been making him so uncomfortable for the last couple of months. We don't think like that. It's over. God, it must be so nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like in my head, all these scenarios, and he, I'm just going to tell him to do that, because he's he's an awkward dude as is, so <laughs> maybe the joke will be funny. Like if he went in very distraught and upset, like, he he hasn't he didn't say anything the first time, so this dude doesn't know there's a problem and there's mm-hmm. an issue. Mm-hmm. So you really can't come at him with anger or resentment and like, why are you touching me? Stop touching. You know what I mean? Like, because he he didn't know he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. So I think if you come at it lighthearted and if it, you if you don't make it a thing, it won't be a thing. <laughs> I've known thousands of guys in my life and none of them have ever slapped me on the ass that's, outside of a field. Definitely not. What I was going to ask, like, is that like an outlier <laughs> no. bro move that... Not if you don't score a touchdown. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of points. <laughs> you got to make a shot something, man. And I'm curious, are there some sports where like, yeah, a butt slap football, baseball, soccer, but like, say you're playing badminton. Golf. <laughs> golf is another one. Yeah, yes. never seen it in golf. Yeah, you hit one great off the tee. Your buddy is not going to come up yes. and slap you on the ass. Pickleball. Pickleball. No. I don't know. I've never played. No? I don't think so. I might. Yeah? yeah. I might if you're playing doubles tennis. Yeah? Yeah, I might. Okay. Sure. Okay, yeah. so pickleball, yes. Badminton, golf, no. <laughs> I haven't played badminton since the sixth grade, so I, I, I don't know. I might be out of line. Okay, so then if a guy does slap your butt who's your friend and that doesn't happen, does that mean something else then? 
Ooh, it's a good question. I mean, keep him, or are there just like quirky dudes who will do like they're a quirky girl? I, I would do it as humor almost. Like if Tommy was in here, right? Uh-huh. And when he left, I would slap him on the ass. Yeah. We would both get a laugh about it. It wouldn't mean anything, but it would never happen two or three or four or five times. We have yeah. an HR now. Don't do that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it could mean. Could you? I would lean towards quirky and really yeah. nothing more than that, probably. Yeah. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. The Royals behind that comment about Harry and Meghan's son skin color might have been revealed in a new book. So if you remember, Prince Harry and Meghan did a 2021 interview with Oprah where they dropped all of the bombshells about God, their that family. That was back in 2021? I know, almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, one of the biggest bombshells that was dropped was some troubling conversations about what the the skin color of their son would be. And it, it sparked this huge controversy as to who said it. Now, a couple of people had already been X'd out like uh, Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth. Well, now a new book from a British journalist called Ahmed Scobie revealed uh, that it might be Kate Middleton. So this book is called Endgame Inside the Royal Family and the Monarchy's Fight for Survival. And in it, uh, he says that sources said that after that interview aired, Charles wanted to clear the air with Meghan. So he ended up sending a letter to her that said um, that, that per the book, it says that he wanted to make clear that he felt that the remarks regarding the skin regarding the skin color of their child were not made with ill will or casual prejudice. And then Megan had a response that uh, tried to explain that the conversations were an example of, quote, lingering unconscious bias and ignorance that needed to be addressed. So the book says that it's a pretty respectful back and forth. And while in the final edition of the book, it's not revealed who actually said those comments about uh, their child's skin color, there were some Dutch copies that were were released that might have been earlier editions that do name Kate Middleton as the person that said it. Well, it adds to the rumor that Kate and Megan haven't gotten along with each other for a very, very long time. So this could certainly be a contributing factor to that. I 100% think that's yeah. the case. Because when I read it before I saw that it was, it had been re- quote unquote revealed in the Dutch copies, it was Kate Middleton. I thought, oh, maybe it's Camilla because King Charles obviously would want to defend his wife on her behalf, I guess. But Kate Middleton, to me, did come out of nowhere. I didn't expect it to be her. I thought maybe it was William, maybe it was Camilla. But Kate, to me, is a little bit of a, of a blindside. No, but this is a book that this is a book saying that he heard that somebody heard that she said this. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Not a lot of great credibility there. N- nah, yeah. not necessarily. Yeah, so of course he's just citing sources. None of this is factual. It's all alleged, but it is interesting to add to the narrative of what had been going on. All right, Jamie Lynn Spears left. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Uh, she literally said, get me out of here. <laughs> Normally they're voted off after a series of competitions, but she is citing that she left on medical grounds. She just completely bounced from the competition. Uh, A spokesperson for ITV said, Jamie Lynn Spears has left. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here on medical grounds. She's been a fantastic campmate who has triumphed at trials and bonded well with her fellow celebrities. But I have the conspiracy theory that maybe Brittany wasn't so happy Mm -hmm. about her potentially spilling more details about their family Mm -hmm. and maybe called her up and was like, or not called her up, but called the people up and said, She's not a celebrity. Get her out of here. <laughs> I think she probably backed out. I'm guessing Brittany hit her up. It's like, it's too much. You're putting too much stress on the family. And she's just, you know what? You're right. I'm out of here. I don't think Brittany's talking to her. You don't think? I, no. She's, she's posted pictures with her brother. So maybe her, her brother could, you know, their brother could have reached out. But honestly, I just think Jamie Lynn couldn't hack it. Because I was reading mm-hmm. stories that um, she was like isolating herself in the camp and she wasn't really participating. And I think... She had regerts. Like, I think she signed up for something and thought she could hack it and mm-hmm. was like, yeah, no, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah, no. I really like, I want to think that her sister talked her out of it, but I don't really feel like that family cares mm-hmm. about Brittany like that. Yeah, that's one of those competitions that I know going into it, I wouldn't survive because it's kind of like, a watered down survivor. So yeah. it's sort of like survivor, but mixed with a little bit of fear factor where you have to eat things like bugs. And I just know I'm not down mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. I want to be on I'm a Celebrity, put me in a five-star hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that is the competition I would like to be on. All right, Beyonce's Renaissance concert film is set to debut this weekend. 
I'm very excited about it because I didn't have the opportunity to see her live, but it's expected to have a huge global opening. It's supposed to make between 30 and $40 million, which is normally what massive blockbusters get. And here she is just putting out a concert people have already seen, and people are so excited to see it again in a different environment. <laughs> or they, they couldn't afford the tickets to the show. Yeah, that's so Because they were so expensive, and this is the only way you're going to get close to it. Honestly, and I said this about the Eras Tour film, I, I had a better time in the theaters than I think I did at the concert. Because really? you never have a bad seat because they're getting up in the artist's face. You never are having to like peer over somebody. You get to sit down in your comfy recliner. You got your snacks. You know I love beef jerky. Yeah. So no. I got to have beef jerky and watch Taylor. <laughs> I'd rather see it in the theater too. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. just to clarify, because I, I did not see the Taylor Swift era's concert film. So this isn't like a behind the scenes of how the concert came together. You're literally going in and watching a concert on film. I do think there's more behind the scenes footage with this particular concert film because I know there have been some stuff coming out about how a Beyonce wasn't going to let uh, Blue Ivy go out on tour. And she's like, I really want to. So I think we're going to get more interview style stuff, which is good because we never see Beyonce. Otherwise, she doesn't like to do press. Ever. Ever. She doesn't talk to anybody. I don't blame her. I wouldn't leave those mansions either. All right, SZA says some of her fans are ruining her songs. I'll tell you why she had to call them out on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. She thought her husband might be sabotaging her success. This was a while back. You guys have asked about it. Today is follow-up Thursday. We got an email. We'll let you know what's happening in that relationship in a couple of seconds. Um, this seems to be happening more and more, at least the videos, viral videos, when a dude asks a woman out and she ends up showing up with a couple of friends or other people and he's like, what's this all about? Like, I thought you and I were going to be hanging out. Yeah, I think the last time we talked about, like, a woman showed up with, like, 20 family members or something. <laughs> Didn't and- you? Did something oh, yeah. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact story, but yeah, I think they did show up with like 20 cousins and, and aunts and uncles or something and like that. expected him to pick up the bill for the entire for family. And then he bailed about halfway th- uh, through the dinner, right? Yeah. Yes. Didn't tell him, just split, yeah. right? So this one might be a cultural thing um, because it's going viral right now. And Zakir uh, is his name on TikTok. And this video has gotten like 20 million views. He goes on a first date with a girl named Priyanka and he sets it up on a dating app. And he thought, you know what? We got something in common. We got some Indian roots. So let's go out. Let's hang out. He shows up and she brings her mom and dad. I plan to meet with Priyanka. She ends up texting me saying, hey, I'm here. I'll come meet you out front of the restaurant. I give her a hug. I'm like, hey, so glad we got to do this. And she said, oh, this is where our table is. And I see two people that are sitting at our table. And she's like, oh, this is my mom and my dad. (laughs) And I'm like, hello. I was not prepared for this moment in life. (laughs) So I don't know if that's a cultural thing or if mom and dad decided, like, this is going to be the time we're going to meet him. Well, if it's a cultural thing, he would have been aware of it because he, too, is Indian. And he was thrown by the fact she brought her parents. So I... You know, even if it was, you you give somebody a heads up. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you would think. <laughs> but maybe she knows if I tell him I'm bringing my parents, he'll cancel the date. He goes on in this video to say that they wanted to meet his parents like the next day, like they were going zero to one hundred in about yeah, no time at all. I don't think I would have went through with the date. Hell, heck no. No, I'm, I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. All right, Abby, what would you do? You you show up for a date and the guy has his parents there. I'm bouncing. Yeah, yeah I don't have course. time for the mother-in-law already. <laughs> right. We pushed it. We kicked that can down the road. All right, so today is follow-up Thursday. You guys remind us of Burt Show storylines that are still kind of lingering. And it was Rebecca Person here who told us about that, kind of reminded us about this husband that might have been sabotaging the success of his wife. Uh, You forgot the most important part. Where's Rebecca from? Where is Rebecca from? Um, How? uh, First line. Very first line of the email that she sent us. Sweden. I'm so neat. (laughs) (laughs) We have a listener in Sweden. I think that is so hella cool. Kristen still is like, this is 19, like 91. Wow. We have access to people around the world. I just think that's so freaking cool. All right. So what happened um, back last, uh, this just this past February, our listener and her husband worked in similar fields, but she was more successful than him. At the time, she had just gotten a promotion. When they went out to celebrate, 
He seemed annoyed and was not jovial. A week later, she noticed she wasn't receiving important emails from work. Oh, this is all coming back to me. She didn't think anything of it until she saw her husband working on their home computer. That was unusual of him to do. She checked her trash and realized the emails she was uh, expecting were mysteriously deleted. She wanted to confront her husband, but first she needed more evidence. Last we heard, she was expecting an important email about a meeting with her CEO. If that ended up in the trash, her suspicions of his sabotage would be confirmed. Did he pass her test or not? All right, who's got the email update? I got it. I guess I do owe you an update. A lot is unfolded. I caught my husband red-handed in my email account. The confrontation that followed was intense. Initially... He bombarded me with excuses, but as our argument escalated, he finally admitted his actions stemmed from jealousy and insecurity about my success. His confession was a hard pill to swallow. Though he apologized, I was, and still am, incredibly furious. I would be too. He has since started individual therapy to address his personal issues. That was a non-negotiable for me to continue yeah. with our marriage. Right. We've also begun couples counseling, tackling some critical issues. Trust, most notably. The breach of trust has shaken me to the core. And I'm grappling with the realization that the person who's supposed to be my biggest supporter could do this to me. I'm doing my best to be hopeful that we can get past this. I just don't know. The pain is still very raw, but I'm committed to trying. For the sake of what we've built together and the hope of what our future could still hold. Thank you for all your advice and support. This does feel like uh, some kind of infidelity, like a cheat. Oh, right? yeah. And this is tough to get over. He's struggling with his ego for sure. And we've been talking about this now for the longest time. Once you get your ego involved in your relationship, man, it is destined to fail. Honestly, cheating would be an easier pill for me to swallow with this situation. Like to me, this feels it's it's so much more than just, oh, I was I was tempted by somebody else at a bar. This to me feels malicious. You were literally trying to sabotage my career, literally coming after me. Um I wouldn't be able to get over this. It's it's one thing to struggle with your ego. I think that's okay. It's another thing to act on it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he acted on it and actually tried to sabotage her career. Again, like she said in her email, your partner is supposed to be your biggest supporter, your biggest cheerleader. And the fact that the, the one person that you would mm-hmm. expect not to do that did it. Oh, my God, that would be hard to come back from. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be able to recover from this. And like you said, it's the action behind it. I yeah. know jealousy happens in couples, unfortunately, but the fact that you actually went out your way to try to sabotage my success, I wouldn't be able to recover. The Burt Show. Hey, Abby is now entering the do-it-alone era of her life. Yeah, I'm in my do-it-alone era, which sounds just a lot better than nobody wants to hang out with me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've come to the scary realization that I really like being alone. Like, I enjoy the company of others. I really value my friendships. But I really enjoy doing things on my timeline. I like going where I want to go doing what I want to do, drinking what I want to drink, eating what I want to eat. It's lovely. And so now I've never, I don't really think I would want to go on a solo vacation because I know you've talked to me about how great it is. Uh Uh-huh. Like Everything I, you just mentioned is the exact same on a solo vacation, except you're somewhere different and everything is so new. I know, but I'm, again, like I said, I'm a 26-year-old single woman. Every day is a solo vacation. <laughs> I'm vacationing away from the company of others. Like, And so over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that I've just stepped out of my comfort zone and done a lot of things I would typically do with other people by myself. I went and I saw the new Hunger Games film because I wanted to see the Hunger Games film. I bought my own ticket, sat by myself next to a bunch of tweens, and I had myself (laughs) a good time. Were you confident enough? Because when I first started going to movies by myself, I would play the game like I would look over my shoulder like somebody was, I was waiting on somebody to come and sit next to me and stuff. Oh, it looks like that. And then the, um, you know, the movie would start and I'd be alone, but I wanted everybody to know, like, I wasn't there alone. No. I'm just waiting for somebody to show up. That's all. You make no. it look like you guys stood up when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a that backfire. I don't think that's the look you want to go for. Honestly, I, I didn't want anybody to sit next to me. So, like, when the gaggle of tween girls came next to me, I'm like, they're not going to appreciate this movie like I did because I read the book. So, they're just going to talk through it. And they did, but I got to enjoy it, you know, by myself almost. I got to, I went to a bar that I really wanted to go to. I've never been to this bar because it's not the typical vibe where if I was going to go out with friends, I would want to go. It's very low key. It's very, it has 
like a dark academia vibe. It's not the kind of place you would take the girlies. I have found if I go to a bar by myself and I sit at the bar, at least traveling mostly, um, that... People notice you're alone and they want to come up and they want to start creating conversation, which was a problem in Brazil because they don't speak English (laughs) (laughs) because I wanted to talk to people at the end of the night um, and couldn't. But that's I I think that almost gravitates people towards you. I don't know why, but of all of the places that I go by myself, I never feel uncomfortable going anywhere except the bar. That's just really? the one place that I still, to this day, cannot go by myself. Really? Huh. I love it. Yeah. Like, it's like going out and eating alone, either sitting at a table and eating alone or sitting at a bar and eating alone. Um, I did it just a couple weeks ago. Just sat at the bar, got a glass of wine, a nice steak salad, and it was glorious. I'm with you. I love it, man. Oh, it was glorious. It was great, but I will say I did have a little bit of anxiety because I think I looked like I was waiting for somebody because, and the waiter and the bartender kept coming up to me and being like, are you waiting on someone? Do you need the second menu? I'm like, no, nobody is coming. And th- thankfully, the bar, the restaurant bar ended up filling up to where people started sitting next to me and it started to look a little <laughs> bit more normal. And then after the first glass of wine, I was like, all right, I'm cruising. I don't think people even really notice. They don't. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think, look, Look at ourselves like we're the sort of center of our own universe, obviously, right? But most people don't even notice. Yeah, they didn't. And so I had a really good time, got to check it out. I also took a road trip to a part of town I hadn't seen yet, got in my car, put on my favorite playlist, did a little drive down, got some pictures for my iPhone, and I just got to go and and not have to worry about whether or not somebody was enjoying themselves or whether or not I had to make small talk with a new friend. It was just very relaxing. Got to take myself down there and get some good photos. And I think one of the reasons this exercise was good for me is I was revisiting an episode I had done on my podcast with a therapist where I had been asked asking her about something completely unrelated about like self-confidence and self-worth because that's a topic that really comes up when people are going through breakups where they're like, I stayed in this relationship because my self-worth was so bad. So I asked her, I'm like, how do you build self-confidence and self-worth? And she said, well, that's very complicated, but an exercise you could do today if you wanted to turn off the podcast and work on it is to go spend a day by yourself and just admire how you see the world through your own eyes. So to me, I'm like, this was a really great exercise and working on becoming less desperate and <laughs> and just enjoying my own company and, and really appreciate appreciating uh-huh. the way that I see the world, but without having to rely on somebody else to enrich it. Now, the next hmm. step, I think, if you really want to push this is don't do a solo vacation, but do a solo weekend. A solo weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe even a long weekend, but oh. just go somewhere by yourself for a weekend. I think you will absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree yeah. with you. You're like weaning yourself into yeah, something yeah, yeah. more ambitious, but just go somewhere for it or just a night even. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. So I'm worried now that I'm going to be, I'm going to enjoy being alone so much that the, uh, thought, the thought of bringing anybody into it is like, no, I actually really love these solo vacations. I don't need you. That's where it leads to. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where you're going. The Bird Show. All right. So there is a very fine line maybe between being concerned about somebody so much and it appearing to be controlling. And that is what Ava is wondering as she also wonders, should she ditch this guy or continue to date them. Hey, Ava. Good morning. How, how are you today? Good. Thank you. All right. So let's have this debate between being concerned or being controlling. What are we talking about? So I've been seeing this guy for like two months and he's really, really nice. We're, we're exclusive. It's really serious. I like him a lot and he likes me, but when we're not, um, when we're not together, if I don't like answer his text right away, or his phone calls, he'll like blow up my phone, he'll call me, he'll text me. Mm-hmm. If he knows I'm with my friends, he'll call them, text them. And um, it can get really annoying. It, it, it seems really clingy sometimes. But he says that um, I should just be happy that he cares so much. And I don't know if I should, if I should continue <laughs> seeing him or not. <laughs> My heart's just so big. Um, <laughs> does do you know if he's bringing any baggage into the relationship? Like, like if he was cheated on, or he's dealt with infidelity with past relationships, and that's why he has a hard time not knowing where you are all the time. Um, um not, no baggage like that that I that I know of. But maybe his self esteem is really low. 
Maybe he needs a solo vacation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sounds like it. Maybe yeah. you need a vacation away from him. Yeah. Ava, is it just annoying things like him calling your friends or is it starting to get a little bit more sketchy? Like, is he asking for your location on like, um, find my friends? Well, sometimes he'll ask, he'll ask where I'm at, you know, um, as, and I'm just living my own life, you know, my life doesn't revolve around him, but he'll, he'll ask where I'm at or what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So Ava, it sounds like you've addressed this because you said his, I'm going to use the word excuse, is that you should be mm-hmm. grateful that you have a man that just cares so much and <laughs> wants to contact you and, and communicate and know where you are, right? So you've mm-hmm. said something. Um, you may have pointed out the behavior, but did you point out how it made you feel? Like, can you tell him, hey, this is getting to a point where I really like what we have going on but we need to find some middle ground here. Um, This is not coming across, like if you were just really like blunt and honest, this isn't coming across as caring, it's coming across as controlling for me. I haven't really had like a very, like a serious sit down conversation about it, but I probably should. Um, I'm just pretty much told and it really bothers me, but he doesn't, it seems to go in one ear and out the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was telling uh, of a friend a couple of weeks ago that had the same type scenario <clears throat> as you mm-hmm. uh, and started going out with somebody that um, he thought it was really, really flattering when this guy was asking him to take pictures of himself. Like, hey, I really want to see you at work. Will you take a picture of yourself? And my friend was like, oh, sure. This guy's really into me. Takes a picture, sends it to him. Then at around noon, the guy hits him back and is like, will you take a picture of yourself at lunch? I just really miss you. I just really want to see you. Click, takes a picture, sends it to the dude. And then he starts to realize that this guy was only asking for these pictures because he wanted to see where he was all the time and wanted to make sure that his story uh, was honest and wanted to take pictures as evidence to where he was. And it was just super controlling. And my friend broke up with the dude like almost immediately. Yeah, I think this is a sign of things to come. I think it's a major red flag. And I don't think you should, if your gut is telling you that, it's for a reason. I do think you can talk to him if you really like him and let him know how it makes you feel and hope that he will kind of tone it down. But really, this is an insecurity that he's going to have to work on within himself. I don't think you can fix this. Yeah, I don't even think a conversation is going to help you. I don't think he's so going to tell you what you want to hear. And if it's not going to be controlling in this area, you've got to control man right now. So he's making it completely obvious. Having one conversation, he may hide it for a little bit. This dude, you've got a controlling guy. Yeah, Ava, I completely agree with everyone. And apart from the fact that you brought these concerns to him and he just completely dismissed it, if it, if as, it does, as if it doesn't matter, he clearly has an anxious attachment style, which is something he needs to handle on his own. I would ditch him if I were you. Mm-hmm. I'll give it some thought. What was that? Sound I'll give little, it some thought. Okay. Oh, I'll give it some thought. Thank you. Sound, a, sound a little Charlie Brown teacherish. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks, David. See you later. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. SZA is calling out some of her, quote, selfish fans for ruining some of her music. So it's been five years between SZA's first album and her most recent one, SOS, which has been a huge success. And so in a new cover story with Variety magazine, she explained that she took this huge hiatus because people were leaking some of her unfinished music. She said, when people leak my songs, they ruin them. Then it's not mine anymore. It's actually yours. It's something unfinished that you decided was ready to be shared. And it's like, F you. Now I'm not releasing it. Play your leak and you're not going to bully me into dropping music. I'm now embarrassed by this less than correct version that you put out. You've sent me into a weird space creatively when you could have just waited for me, but you're selfish. So I I would feel the exact same way. Like you create something that you think is a work of art or it's not quite finished. There are things that you want to change or things you want to adjust and then people are putting it out. I would be, I would be a little spiteful about it too. Well, it's coming from within the house, right? I mean, there's only a few people it could really be. You got producers, the studio. I've always felt like half of these things are set up by their PR people and the PR people never tell the actual celebrity. Sometimes I actually think leaks can be a good thing. Like my top song on um, one of my streaming services was a leak 
leaked song from Taylor Swift that I discovered on TikTok. She then decided to release it and I played it over and over because I was so excited to hear the full version because I'd only heard the chorus. So I think sometimes it can benefit you if it if you're proud of the work that's already been created. It does go both ways. I would be pissed if it happened to me. I would feel exactly like her, but I do know a lot of artists are their, like their own worst enemies too and they never feel like it's ready. So sometimes the people will leak it like purposely within the house just to kind of get the music mm-hmm. out there. Oh, you thought maybe you would push her along to release it? Mm-hmm. And it totally backfired. Well, SZA also explained in Variety Magazine that uh, her fans can anticipate a new deluxe edition of SOS titled Lana. I'm assuming that's short for her birth name, Solana. And it's supposed to drop in the near future. So get excited for that. Here for it. All right. Weird Al is dissing Spotify in a video he made for Spotify Rap. So if you listen to things on streaming services, you'll know that some of your top artists will send you, well, they don't send you, but it pops up in the app is like a thank you note. You can get them from, you know, Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo. And if you are still listening to Weird Al in the year of our Lord 2023, <laughs> I do have questions for you. But he decided to take that moment to call out Spotify for how poorly they're paying artists. I'm with him on this, man. It's bad. Like, I don't know how this is even a thing and still continuing to go on because what they're doing to the artists is so wrong. And unless you are bringing in like hundreds and hundreds of millions of streams, you are really not seeing any profit from these streaming platforms. Yeah, it's ridiculous because you hear 80 million streams. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, all right, maybe they're getting paid like uh, 10 cents for that and you're making, I don't, I don't know what the math is. Math is hard. But like, <laughs> let's say it's like 80,000. I mean, that's still enough to be able to pay rent mm-hmm. for a year. But I mean, $12, I hope that that was a good sandwich. Is that is that sincere or is he just being like facetious? I think he's being a little facetious, but I'm sure he didn't get nearly the yeah. amount of money he probably feels he deserved. It's actually twelve ninety nine, Kristen. Oh, gotcha. Sweet. Yeah. He forgot about the extra, you know, bonus they give you when you reach. 80 million streams. But Spotify Rap did drop their annual rap list yesterday. Everyone I know gets very excited about it. I do too, to where you get to see who your top artists are for the last year. Although I do think it is kind of messed up. They stopped counting it in November. So December is never really mm-hmm. a part of it. And the most stream artists for uh, the United States were Taylor Swift. Drake, Morgan Wallen, The Weeknd, Bad Bunny. The most streamed songs in the U.S. were Last Night by Morgan Wallen, Kill Bill SZA, Flowers, Miley Cyrus, uh, Aya Bayasola, and Boys a Liar Part 2. Do you Always. think they don't include December because so many people listen to Christmas music and that was cue the numbers? Oh, that makes sense. Mm, maybe. Maybe so. Um, always a good time to like show you guys some appreciation. I'm, I don't know if you guys are, but I'm starting to get a lot of DMs uh, on Instagram from people that are showing us that they were no, their number one podcast for the year. So thanks a lot for doing that. I mean, it, it's not lost on me. It means a lot. Thank you. I know. It's so cool when they tag us because, you know, the most popular podcast in the U.S. in the number one spot, it was, of course, the Birch Show podcast. Oh, And the number two was in the moment. Number three was <laughs> yeah. the breakup breakdown with Abby Murphy. And then right behind it was the Joe Rogan experience. That's what I saw. All of them. But, yeah, I mean, it's pretty consistent across the board via U.S. and globally. All p- people are pretty much streaming the same songs. Miley Cyrus, SZA, and Taylor Swift. So excited for new music in 2024. Can't wait to see will be on my rap next year. All right, another celeb that's not T-Swift is begging Travis Kelsey to leave Kansas City. I'll fill you in on what artist. Hit him up on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Look, you got this job in retail. Don't get fired now. Christmas is just right around the corner. You need this cash, right? But it's frustrating, and we get it. People are aggressive right now. There might be one or two items on the shelf. They're being rude, time-pressing, making everybody a little bit stressed. Or if you're on the other end of it and you're shopping, don't yell at people behind the counter. What you got to do is yell on our retail vent line, and that number is 404 954 1360. Here's an example. It's the most wonderful time of the year. When you clearly see me trying to work and be in a rush, when I've been here over an hour late and should have gone home by now, why does your whole family have to take up the aisle and stand there aimlessly when you know you're not going to purchase anything anyway. Get the hell out of the way. Another thing, why are you in the checkout line purchasing your items and then you're going to engage in a 20-minute conversation about you should have done while you were stopping? Why are you asking your cashier if you should buy this product or that product or what should you get 
There are the people behind you. Get the f- out of the way. Okay, I know you want to come in and get your little f***ing head of a kid Hot Wheels, but don't call me stupid, unintelligent, because I don't know exactly where the one Hot Wheel you're looking for is. I'm sorry you can't find the one rare Hot Wheel that you need. Go f*** yourself. Now, you ain't hear this from me. Let's be clear on that. But don't come up to my f***ing store telling me that somebody else bought your f***ing product, okay? I am not in charge of who buys the f***ing product, okay? But if I was you, I would smack that b- uh, Merry f***ing Christmas. You know, it's not that we ask a whole lot from you as customers. <laughs> Except for when you come up to my register and you ask me if I had said toy. Yes, because I keep a magical box, an infinite <laughs> box of these f***ing toys behind the register. And it says that it is out on the shelf to be restocked at another time. You know what? You are a complete mother moron. You should eat and die. Oh, and by the way, lady, the next time your child decides to pick his nose and wipe it on my counter, I'm going to grab your face and I'm going to pull your tongue out and make you lick it up. Go <laughs> yourself. Hey, yo. That was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> All right. You want to uh, use our retail vent line? We can voice disguise you. Clearly, we will take the uh, cuss words out of it. 404 954 1360. All right. Mo's got an email here. She meets the soulmate. All right, everything's great, but she's got needs. Woman's got needs. Still wants to be out there getting frisky with other people. Can it work? Dear Bird Show, I feel like I've met my soulmate. We met online, and when we met in person, everything felt so natural. It was like I'd known him all my life. We have a ton in common, love spending time together, and are able to talk about anything. We've been dating for about a year and have even declared our love for each other. But... Since we are so honest with each other, he has also shared that he is not ready to be exclusive. He still wants to sleep with other people. He says that he feels like I'm his forever person, but just right now, just not right now. Am I being played? What should I do? Sincerely, lonely soul. If he really loved you, he wouldn't want to sleep with other people. It's that simple. If he really loved you and you were the one, he would not want to sleep with other people. You're being used. I can't disagree with that. Yeah, it's tough to disagree with that. I Especially mean, if you're calling it soulmates. Yeah. I mean, timing is just as important as pretty much anything else sometimes it when it comes to meeting somebody. And this maybe he's just not in that place. And he does, maybe he can, he can love her, but he's just not, he doesn't love her enough to commit fully to her and only her. Either way, if you can't deal with that, that's a problem. Yeah, you better check your Spotify wrapped again because you were the number one most played this year. Oh, hey, yo. Check out Abby. Check her out. <laughs> <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely using this as a line to keep you around. He's stringing you along by saying, well, we're, we're soulmates. Men will say anything to get into bed. So I, I think you need to realize for this is this is him trying to play you. You got to get out of this. Okay. Uh, I just want to play devil's advocate just for the sake of debate because this is such a slam dunk, right? Godspeed. (laughs) Uh, Hi, I'm a douchebag attorney. Um, (laughs) I'm representing this guy. So what if he's honest and says, look, here's what I know is that I feel a connection with you. We are meant to be together. But I also know that I am not the kind of person that will be satisfied sleeping with just one person. And he's completely honest about it. Does that change or tweak it at all? If you're, if you're okay with that, then yeah. If you're not, then bye. Deuces. I, kick I, rocks. I agree. I don't see anything wrong with that. If that's truly how he chooses to live his life, that is his prerogative, but that comes down to if she can handle that. And if she can handle it, nothing wrong with it. But if she can't, he's telling you exactly what he is and exactly what he wants. You can't be mad at him for being honest. Now you have to decide what you can yeah. tolerate. He yeah. says that he feels like I'm his forever person. But just not right now. Come on! (laughs) Are you serious? Why are you looking at me like I wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be mad at somebody. Oh, because I'm the attorney and I'm, I'm representing the D bag. Um, yeah, th- he, you're getting played. And it's yeah. every stereotypical and cliche line that there is. Yeah, 100%. There's a way to do ethical polyamory, but to me, backing you into a corner and saying that we're soulmates, but then saying we're soulmates, but we're not soulmates enough to just sleep with you for the rest of my life, yeah. that to me feels very manipulative. But is she really getting played if he's being honest? Because mm-hmm. I feel like he would actually 
actually be playing her if he was lying to her. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's being honest with her. He's mm. being very forthcoming. So I don't feel like he's playing her. He's just telling her what he wants his life to look like. No, because he's pulling the soulmate card. And to me, yeah. a soulmate is two halves of a hole. And you you apparently have a lot of holes. I got a lot of hole jokes there, Rama. It's too early. <laughs> Maybe he's not playing her, but he's not being honest with himself and he's not being honest with her. Yeah. Like, I think you're just, you're, you're taking advantage of a situation and you're taking advantage of somebody that is obviously deeply in love with you. So y'all don't feel like a person can love someone genuinely as a person, but just have the desire to sleep with multiple people and not just one person. I don't think that that would be possible. Mm-hmm. My dad, I mean, confessed to me that he was fine with it. Honestly, when I turned 21, he just kind of felt like, you know, it's time for us to be both friends. So I'm going to tell you a whole bunch of an idiot I am. Uh, and he used to tell me that he was cheating on my mom quite a bit, but he used to be able to separate it. He loved my mom, but he could have sex with other women and it didn't affect at all. I'm just not built that way. I Yes. The answer to your question is yes. But I feel like it is a minuscule fraction of the population because we get couples that come on here that are, you know, in um, their their relationships with multiple people and that works for them. But I feel like that is a very, very small fraction of the population. You know what I want to believe? I want to believe that if you're really in love with somebody, the thought of sleeping with somebody else disgusts you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I want to believe that as well. I just... I know that that's not a reality for everybody, but it should be like that for me. Yeah, some people are not monogamous people and they're Mm -hmm. not in monogamous relationships. We've had plenty of people call Mm -hmm. up and fascinate us with what works for them. And I want to encourage everybody to figure out what works for, for you. For our lonely soul that reached out, I don't think this is that situation for you. Get it. The Bird Show. Okay, let's stick with this theme of finding a situation that works for you. Let me run one by you, okay? So I think when you go through a breakup, it's natural to start asking yourself, what is it you really want? What really fits you when it comes to a long-term relationship, right? So I've been doing a lot of thinking. And here is what I really believe in my heart. But I wonder if it's even possible. And maybe there is a couple out there doing this right now, but I think I might be a unicorn and I might be alone for the rest of my life if I can't find her. And it's this marriage does not scare me at all. Living together does not do anything for me. Is it possible to be married, I mean, if there aren't kids involved, right? Because mm-hmm. I think once kids enter the picture, then it's a different um, formula. But is it possible to be married or to be in a long-term relationship and never live together? One eight five five virtual. Like, because I, I kind of feel like. And I was reading this list online that I'm going to plan on breaking out for you guys next week is like the five things that keep guys from getting married or staying in long term relationships. And one of them really struck a chord with me. And that is like sort of like the spark goes away. Right. It just kind of goes away. And I'm wondering if sometimes if that happens with me in relationships, it's because we're living together and it's so routine that the newness of it just kind of wears off. And I'm the kind of person that just needs like to want to miss somebody in order to be in a healthy relationship. See, I think it's your mindset. Right. And cohabitation is I, it's it's strengthened our relationship. It, for me, it's not that the spark goes away. The spark evolves and it turns into a deeper roaring fire the more you are with somebody and it, it takes on different forms. I have not experienced it the same way you have. Gotcha. Uh, it mean, certainly I, does get deeper. And then yeah. when you have kids, but now I'm talking about a situation where you don't have kids. Yes. But I would not say that it, becomes a roaring fire. Okay, well, what... Maybe, I would say it's a roaring fire in between, uh, in the beginning, and then it slowly starts to become so routine that it's just an ember. Okay, <laughs> but it's still burning. Yeah. But it just burns uh-huh. differently. Right. And so for me, I can I can say with sincerity that, like, my husband and I don't have the same spark that we did when we first started dating. Like, I remember that hot and heavy and intoxicating and, you know, all that. But we're... In, or at least I can, for speaking for myself... 
I'm intoxicated with him in a different way. So, okay, you and I are different here. So here's what I'm wondering, and I'm wondering if this is even a possibility. To be in a long-term relationship where you have that intoxication period you're talking about, uh-huh. that wild kind of lust and love for each other, mm-hmm. and it can be maintained like that over 20 years of time. And I don't think that that can work if you're living together. I don't think I'd want that. No? No. That that sounds exhausting. And that's a lot of sex. Uh, <laughs> maybe this is where we differ. <laughs> Very much. Uh, I, I think I'm a unicorn like like you, Bert, in that regard. I've I've every girl I've dated, I've brought that up as a like a possibility in the future and they've all thought I was crazy. But not living together? Yes. Like my uncle as uh he's been married for eleven years and they have two different homes. And I think one of the reasons it works for them is because they both had marriages prior that didn't work out for the same reason. So they've kind of just kept their homes and they've been happily married for 11 years like that living in two completely different homes and everybody thinks that they're crazy but I think it works for them and I see nothing wrong with it because for me I value the time I don't spend with my partner because I want to miss you. I, like, appreciate missing you. I think it's so hard to find two people that have this similar mindset there when it comes to space. Because I've known, like, three couples that have also done that, and they're so happy. So happy. Because they're so alike in their need for space. And if that works for you, fantastic. That's, nah. Don't work for you. No. Hey, Shelby, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. Hi, how are y'all? Good, thank you. Um, so my landlord, actually, him and his wife, I think they were both on their second marriage when they got together, and they both had rental properties of their own, and they had their own properties, and when they got married, they never lived together. They just, I mean, I spent, they spend the night with each other here and there, but they don't live with each other. And it's worked. And, yeah, for like 30 years, I think. Okay, that's a pretty nice run. It is. That's a real nice run. Um, here is Lisa to say that's not even marriage. Hey, Lisa, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I say no because when you're married, you come together as one. So you're not coming together as one if you're residing in two different properties. I think people who do that, they just got married for legal purposes. But in the institution of what marriage represents, no. You're not really married if you are sleeping in two beds and have two separate lives at two different properties. So I say, no, that's not marriage. You're doing like marriage light. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I still think you can be one. You just don't have to be with each other for seven days a week. Exactly. Like marriage maybe means different things to different people. But I don't know. If being one means we are literally one person for the rest of my life, I, I, I don't want to sign up for that. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Now, have you discussed this with the lady that you're seeing right now? Yep. And is she down? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of people here that are doing it successfully. Good morning. Abby, you're on the Burt Show. Hi. Hey, good morning. So I've been married to my husband for 10 years. He um, got a job and it moved him all the way to Seattle. We are in Atlanta. Um, for three and a half years, those were the best years of our marriage. He came back. Um, he's been back for, I guess, two years um it's been very different because we noticed that we both need our space i work in the hotel industry so i will go and stay downtown for like a couple of days um and then we meet back up but like we noticed we need our space so now we are turning our basement into my apartment oh there you go okay all right i mean look at all these calls married seven seven different times okay we're not take that one We spend 18 days a month apart. Things are great. My uncle did this. Yes, gotta be. My aunt's going on 33 years of marriage, never lived together. So I guess it's possible, but to find two people with the same mindset, that's the difficult part. That's tough. It's the Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. Have you all ever invited a third wheel to a date on purpose? Yes. Yes. Without telling the person that you were going out with? Yes. What? So you showed up to a date with... We just talked about this. You uh-huh. showed up to a date uh-huh. with somebody else, and the dude had no idea. Correct. That is, that's sucky. I know, but I was in high school. Oh. Uh, it doesn't uh, count. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. I was in high school. No, but I did. A guy asked me out. We were going to go see the Christmas tree lighting in downtown Lexington, and I was <laughs> so nervous about the date that I asked my friend Michelle to go with me. So he he showed up to pick me up and she was there. And so both of us hopped into the car. I sat in the front. She sat in the back of his little truck. And it was, 
it was pretty bad. <laughs> he went through with the date, though. He was not a happy camper, but he was an adult eagle. He was a what? Huh? An Eagle Scout. <laughs> <laughs> so he could handle it. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he can tie her up with knots in the back. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so this is in high school, I'm assuming, Katie. No, this is in high school. This is last weekend. Okay. Uh, as a 29-year-old woman. So <laughs> what happened was, right, you know how I've been deemed the flake. Katie's a flake. Flake, 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 flake. You haven't been deemed. You've earned that. Yeah, you've worked very hard for that title. <laughs> or you can say I earned it. Yeah, I mean, tomato, tomato. You are an Eagle Scout of flake. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the badges. And so there was this woman who I was originally supposed to be going on a date with. We met a while ago. And she was a cool person. But I don't know. I forgot that I kind of double booked. That was my problem. Mm-hmm. I double booked on the same day. Do that often. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, I do. But I had high hopes that when Saturday came around that she may want to cancel. But she didn't. And so I had to come up with a game plan of what I was going to do. And I was like, I can't flake on her. I would really feel bad about flaking on a date. And I'm not going to flake on my friends either. So I just did both. So I went out with my friends. And then later on, I was supposed to meet up with her. However, I really was lacking the excitement for this date. I really just didn't want to do it. I was like, I should just push this off. So my friends, they thankfully escorted me to where I was supposed to be going on this date. And as they know that she's approaching, they leave. They're like, Katie, we're going to go. And one of my friends stayed with me and she was there. And the woman that I was going on a date with, she appears. And so then I look at my best friend. I'm like, all right. What am I going to do here? Because I'm really not excited about this date. What's going to go on here? So I just yell, hey, so you want to stay? You want to stay here? <laughs> so my best friend's looking at me like, girl, no, no, no. I'm like, no, you wanted to stay, right? You didn't want to go home, girl. And so then the woman I'm supposed to be going on a date with, she was like, oh, she can stay. Like, we can just, you know, hang out and have good drinks. And so now I have incorporated my best friend as basically the buffer for this date that I didn't want to go on. Uh, okay. Well played. Yeah, it was well yeah. played. Yeah. Very well played. Was it well played or did she pick up on it? So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't believe she picked up on it because she was having a good time and I was having a good time as well. But then I decided to not only use my best friend as a buffer, just drink, just binge drink this date away. I was like, the more I drink, the faster the time will go by. And that's basically what happened. Like it just started off with me bringing in my friend, having her there the whole night, mm-hmm. running around wild. Yep. Throwing up maybe. Um, <laughs> that's another plus. Okay. And then also... That's how like the, the date ended, and the next day I thought that I had ran this woman off. She left me a message, like a two minute voice message, saying how much she had a good time, and I was like, okay, so my buffer plan did not work. Uh-huh. She actually enjoyed it, so I don't think she picked up on it. But I kind of felt bad that I used my friend as a third wheel. Nah. I mean that's what you're there for, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't it like you're a wing woman? The Think, third will? Yeah. On, on an a actual date? date? Not on a date. She wasn't a wing woman. That that's this is not a wing woman situation. It's more of a. Um, like a, like a life, like a life raft. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like a life preserver. She was a life preserver trying to save the date. So now you got a problem in that you got to continue to now blow off the woman that you weren't even excited about having the date with, right? Well, yes. Did she see you throw up? She might have, Mo. And she still okay. slept Wait, two that's minutes. What, that's where I'm at, right? You, she saw you get twisted. You, you, had, you had a third wheel on a date, and you threw up, and she still had a great time? Yeah, and I was trying to be discreet about it. Oh, yeah. she was like, oh yeah. poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> she's, too desperate. she's too desperate for you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got to do to shake her? <laughs> All right, there are, moving on, there are different kinds of infidelities and cheating. Kaylee has a very unique proposition for us this morning. Yeah, this was really... Really, really strange. So this past weekend, I had an appearance, and in the radio world, like I was hired or contracted from the radio station to show up at a uh, a business and essentially promote that business. Mm-hmm. And what normally happens is there is a remote tech who is the guy that shows up before the talent, and I was the talent that day, and sets everything up. He drives the station vehicle, and then you end up hanging out with that person for a few sure, hours sure. while you're there. Um, in this particular case, he was telling me about this fight he got into with his wife. And it was basically, the question was, is it cheating 
<laughs> if he could go back in time, essentially, so time or, travel. To the, mm-hmm. or to the future and sleep with his wife, but in different time periods, would she consider that cheating? And I'm like, dude, that is the stupidest fight to get into. And then I'm like, well, well they, wait, I've gotten into much dumber fights. Wait, with my wife. so he actually said this to his wife. Oh, yeah, they got in, like, a big fight about it. Did she <laughs> ask him? Who brought up this question? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> wow. Finished. So now, and, he, so was, and he did mention that when he was debating this, look, I would sleep with your younger self and your older self, or did he just focus on younger self? Because that could change he, everything. Uh, I think he probably focused in on the younger okay. self, right. but he might have done a Hail Mary at the end and be like, well, I'll sleep with the older version of you, too. <laughs> you got to throw that in there. <laughs> But I started thinking to myself, what a dumb debate. Then I'm like, well, is it cheating? Would you? So he said to her, I would. And is he talking about a time when he knew her or when he did not know her? He didn't specify that. But um. <laughs> so you get into your little machine and you time travel back. Well, to got to be a little machine. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a big machine. Okay. Yeah. You get in your big machine. I think medium size would actually be better. You, okay. don't you, get, in your, you get in your medium average size machine. <laughs> and you time travel back to when your spouse is 24. Now, do does the guy change age, too? Does he become younger? Or he is oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. That's I didn't point. even think about that. For the that. sake of this not being super creepy, you also go back to that, like, whatever age you would be okay. in that time. So if you're two years <laughs> older than her, then when you time travel to when she's 24, you're 26. Okay. okay? All right. And you sleep with her. Uh-huh. Is that cheating? No. That's what I was like. No. That's not cheating. Oh. Uh-huh. Well... Not at all. Uh, okay. Oh, Not at all. My, my, my question is, how are you convincing her to sleep with you? You know what I mean? Like, are you just showing up to her doorstep and being like, hey, it's your husband from the future. I, Let's I kinda, smash. I don't know. I kind of think it's it's kind of how you phrase it to your wife currently. You because should've. if you walk in the door and she goes, hey, baby, what did you do today? And you're, oh, I went back in time and gave you the best time of your life. Yeah. But it was she's going to be like, well, she's going to be like, well, that ain't me now. Well, I won't. I mean, like. The only like, time to bring a question up like that is if both of you guys are super high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is it. I yeah. think it's cheating. You think it's cheating? I do. It's still you and her it's at you, just a young, but, younger age. But, but it's, you're going back to when she didn't know you and you didn't know her. So technically it's a stranger. You can cheat on somebody by sleeping with that same somebody. <laughs> if you go, if you go back in time, yeah, and oh like you guys were a stranger, you didn't know each other, it's so you're sec- having sex with a stranger, <laughs> not with your wife. It's the sexual matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I want out. <laughs> it's the Bird Show. Get it, the Bird Show.